Hi, and welcome to the Bacon and Eggs Podcast! My name is Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. This is a new podcast we created to be entertainment for your morning commute. We have known each other for a little over 13 years at this point, and in that time, it's been a goal of ours to never stop being creative together. Unfortunately, we went to college, it got a little bit harder for us and moved away, and podcasting seemed like our next logical step to keep in touch and stay in each other's faces. Correct, and we've kicked around ideas on what to do for literal years, and I think we finally settled on sticking to what we're good at, which is uh, other people's work. Since we met, we've been going to movies together, reading the same books, listening to the same music, and having in-depth conversations about all of it. We used to spend hours in the local bookstore behind the movie theater going back and forth over the movies we just watched. Really getting down to the nitty-gritty of the content we take in. So our goal here is to bring that conversation to you listening. So this is going to be a little bit of review, a very little bit of theory, and uh, hot takes, whatever that is. So thanks everybody for tuning in and listening. We promise this intro is just going to be like a one, one-timer thing. Can we say that anymore? <laughs> yes. Anyway, without further ado, Tyler, what did you think of Game of Thrones this week? It was a good one. Well, Ethan... <laughs> I won't lie to you, didn't watch Game of Thrones this week, but I did watch Captain America, the first Avenger. Now, that's the first one, right? Just want to make sure we're on the same page here. The first Captain America? The first one? The very first. The the very first Avenger. Okay, perfect, perfect. Good. That was going to be really awkward. Remember that time I watched The Wrong Hulk? This was going to be way worse. Yeah, it was like like way worse. So Ethan, before we really get into this movie, I want to talk about some injustice. Injustice in my country of America. Lord. Here we go. Listen, Ethan, I know last week I was uh, frustrated. I think that was last week, maybe two weeks ago now. I don't know. It's but, been a uh, minute. Worst things have happened in my life, Ethan. Worse than taquitos? Worse than... Taquitos are wonderful, but worse than that, I, 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 because of the nature of what I do during my day-to-day life, I am in and out of a lot of different cars. Uh, and as a result... Hold on. Are you telling me you steal cars for a living? No, I do, I do not steal right, cars that's, for a I'm living. I'm just, just making sure. I don't want to go into into podcasting here with a criminal. Grand, Grand Theft Auto. No. I uh, So I'm in and out of a lot of different cars. And because of that, I have to uh, plug my music into a lot of different cars. And when I do that, I learn that everybody else who gets into cars before me changes the equalizer levels to be all treble and no bass. And oh, listen, yeah. that's, that's... First thing I do every time I get into somebody else's car, I just oh. turn the treble all the way down. As far Why? as possible. Just all the way, all the way down, down, all the way down. So you can just completely nix the treble. Yeah, I'm all about that bass. <laughs> well, what what I Zing. like, I like, I like on Zing. you know on a vehicle, I like maybe plus plus three bass treble where it's supposed to be, mid range where it's supposed to be, speed volume control off because I'm not going that fast. So, uh, quick question here for my own purposes for my own vehicle. So the treble and and bass and mid range in my car all go on a scale of of zero to ten. Okay, there's no like. Plus and minus. Uh, that's wrong. So where would you suggest I set them? Because when I got the car, they were all set on about seven. So where am I supposed to set them? If they were all set, I would think five. I thought that would make sense to me, but they were at seven. I would think five, but I personally, I would put base at seven and the others at five. I, believe, I don't like... I believe base is on nine. <laughs> I think I, I, just, like I went up base. a little bit in base from where it started. So I'd left everything else where it started and and moved based up too. And and I, 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 I don't want to get a reputation here, okay? I'm not like bumping base all up in my car like, mm, mm, mm. I'm well, just... 
let's just face it more bass is is more pleasing than more trouble <laughs> yes like and, and and i've addressed the other people driving these cars with this issue and and only one of them has given me anything i can imagine resembles a good answer because he just listens to sports talk radio and apparently it it sounds better with a little bit more treble because the way radio waves work yeah and that's but everybody general, else because cars normally have that setting where like if you just listen to talk radio there's a setting for that your your iphone will do it too it's got like a spoken word setting and it basically pulls some of the bass out because people get really bassy with the bottom half of their voice and it just ends up sounding terrible right but the other people that are in and out of these cars i've heard what they listen to in the car and it's songs that would sound better with more bass so why on the world are you turning the treble up and the bass down to zero in all of my cars maybe they're doing it just because you're the one that says something about it but but i haven't said anything about it in a long time there's no way they still they remember and there'll be there will be cars that that come in and that have, the people driving these have never met me <laughs> they're still wrong who is doing this? The world's me? out to get you, Tyler. World's out the to world get you. Is, oh, they want you to God. live in a treble-tastic world. They they are ruining. Here my comes life. treble. Because I'll golly, it's treble makers. Are you saying uh, we need a trebellion? <laughs> uh, yes. So anyway, to Ethan, tell me about the stats on this movie. So this movie came out on July 19th, 2011, which as of today was approximately, you know, give or take, uh, 2,275 days. Wow. That's a long time. With a budget of $140 million, this movie actually only made, only made, did make, I can never remember how you do these. Uh, it made $370.6 million. Now, is that net or gross? That's gross. That's gross. So it made, What do you mean? Is that net or gross? There's no taxes. I know, but is that including the $140 million or not? I don't know. Okay. It's what Wikipedia says. Well, if anybody knows if that is before or after the $140 million it costs to make this movie... Uh, I'm sure I sound like an idiot even asking. Uh, so this movie earned 80% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. So the first one of those we've had since Iron Man. Iron uh, Man was like actually, 95. Yeah, Iron Man was loved by everybody. Uh, and it got a 77% audience rating. So again, uh, critics liked this better than audiences did. I, I think I can see why. However, still a failing grade on Metacritic with 66 out of 100. Metacritic hates us. <laughs> Metacritic hates everything. <laughs> Metacritic is awful. Ah, so there we go. There we go. Okay, here, here we, here we go. 1941's Citizen Kane got a 100. <laughs> 100 out of no 100. No way. <laughs> 1941's. I feel like we need to review that movie at some point, just as a benchmark. I think it could just be. I could just be like a five minute podcast of like, what do you think of Citizen? Oh yeah, Kane? I mean, if we did, it, if we had like an hour and a half long podcast about it, it would be as long as the movie. I'm pretty sure. Right. right. You know, just five minute podcast. What'd you think? It was amazing. Best movie ever made. Roll credits. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Our podcast. Oh my god, these my ads. Anyway, anyway. So yeah, Citizen Kane. Just for just for a few frame of reference on how Metacritic works, Citizen Kane, greatest movie of all time, is literally the greatest movie of all time. It got a one hundred out of one hundred on Metacritic. So Metacritic likes one thing. They like Citizen Kane, but everybody likes Citizen Kane. I mean, I there a lot of people haven't seen it. Like a lot of living people have yeah. not seen yeah. it. Yeah, well, a lot it was, of dead people have. It was made like before World War One or World War Two yeah, or so, during. I mean, when you think Cap would have seen, it? I would imagine. I bet he still watches it. Probably. I mean that that uh that that was it a Mets game or a Yankees game at the end? The says Dodgers game was nineteen forty one. It was neither a Mets game nor a Yankees game. There's no way he was listening to a not Brooklyn based baseball team. He was listening to the Brooklyn Dodgers. Oh man, detail I would yeah, never. Yeah, like Jackie have Robinson, lost. you know, played for the Brooklyn Dodgers nope yeah the mets didn't exist and uh, also aren't in brooklyn whatever and the yankees are also not in brooklyn what is it queens and the bronx for mets and yeah. the bronx for the yankees huh anyway 
So even uh, they moved in 1958. Out, movie movie starts out and it starts with like like the opposite of an origin story. We're like like in the future. Yeah, no, we get we had people walking through the snow, lots of snow, lots and lots and lots, lots and lots of snow. of snow. I honestly, I wasn't sure. I checked. I wasn't sure if it was the beginning of National Treasure or the. Beginning I, I of mean, Captain I literally America. wrote in here that I remember in the the movie theater feeling like I'd walked in the wrong movie. <laughs> the Secret Lies with I Charlotte. I was like, yeah, it, well, I, didn't, I didn't even think that. I thought it was like sci-fi, like an alien movie, because they get this big ship and it's the government and everything, and I'm like, what is going on? So I was I was very confused. I felt like I was in the wrong movie. I, even last last night when I watched, it, I'm sitting there like. Is this correct? Because I did not right. watch this on a reputable source. I'll be really honest with you. <laughs> I did. I, I rented it on iTunes. I watched this that. on... Mm. I That sounds so illegitimate. I feel like I'm not allowed to tell people that that's where you watched it. I mean, whatever. I, <laughs> fight me. <laughs> Paramount. Paramount, please don't fight me. So anyway, they they, they, uh, they drop into the ship. These these nameless government bureaucratic goons. These, these white collars. These suits. Drop into the ship, and uh, first note I have written down is that I've got chills. Uh, and then I said, is it chilly? Is that why I have chills? I don't know, but I've got chills. <laughs> yeah, and they go up, and they're, like, walking through this big ship thing. And Can I say this? It doesn't I, – I, I know that it probably wasn't filmed on location, uh, but it didn't – like, they didn't seem to be that cold. Like, all these guys were just walking around in these big coats. And they just seemed like it was any other day. It was probably you know? a soundstage. Oh, I'm sure it was a soundstage, but like I, I'm upset with this is my like, critique. I'm really relatively certain they didn't just go to the Arctic. <laughs> you don't think so? But uh, uh, yeah, I, I felt like they didn't look very cold. Uh, like you watch Titanic and Jack looks like he's freezing. You watch this and yeah, I don't well, feel like When Jack's, Jack's in the water, that's also a very important scene. And this is <laughs> not... An important this scene. Is the first scene of the first Avenger, but really the third Avenger, but <laughs> the fifth the first movie. chronologically. <laughs> the fifth movie. Is it the fifth movie? Yeah. The fourth Avenger. No, I forgot it's about. The f- it's, oh, yeah. Fourth. Fourth. Yeah. You're right. The fourth. I forgot Avenger, about the Hulk. Really. I, I forgot about Thor because it's not public yet as of for this recording. Yeah. Um, uh, so the, then then I really get chills when they're, they're walking through and they've got their lasers and things. And for whatever reason, the laser doesn't cut through stuff like immediately. But whatever, and then they they they, they wipe the ice the, the the snow away, and there's the shield. shield. Dun dun dun. Right, and I got it, chills. And then we get some great musical score notes, and it's just all this patriotic stuff, and we're back. You in thought the it past. sounded good. Yeah, I thought the score was amazing. Yeah, I thought the score was actually really good yeah. too. And there was there was not a single uh like like rock song in the whole movie there was a couple like show tunes yeah because, because he was a show propaganda there, uso Gal. yeah like right showgirl for a little while there yeah um um so the shields in the ice and then we do 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 dun, dun, dun. uh we go back back in time norway 1942 is that where we are what's in norway what's in nor the the tesseract is in norway oh the, the crown jewel of odin's the treasure room jewel. if you give me 30 seconds Hugo Weaving's character, who's not named yet, is going to say that. Uh, yes, he is named. His name's Red Skull. No, but he's not named in the movie. Yet. Uh, they never say Red Skull in the movie. No, they don't. But, but I said, I also said yet, as he hasn't even been introduced yet. I don't, I don't like the set design in this scene. And maybe it's no, because it felt I've cheap never and been, fake. I, maybe it's because I've never been to World War II Europe, because that's impossible. But I feel like it looked like, like Medal of Honor from 2004. Oh yeah, definitely. It felt like a... Like a World War II video game. Also, World War II, I feel like, didn't hit Norway very hard. Mm, but the Tesseract was there, and World War II may not have hit Norway very hard, but Hydra apparently did. did. 
Yeah, so and, uh, Hydra busts down this giant, has this giant bulldozer punching thing that busts down the uh, door of the church. and It's like a battering ram. Right, and they're they're talking about this mysterious thing, and they're accosting the, the church guy and everything. And then, then we get this great scene of Hugo Weaving standing there. Pulling like, up, no, he pulls he pulls up. Yeah, in the, in the huge car. In the Hydra car. But they're like, we, the, like we have to, we have to find it before he gets here. We have to clean this off before he gets here. And then they all just stop and look over, and he's like standing there, cast into sharp relief. But they, but they, they, they had the guys like, <laughs> funny. They had the guys trying to push the the tomb or whatever sarcophagus, the the sarcophagi, just so just one, the, just one, the the, the sarcophagus. Yeah. And they they obviously are too too weak. But then Red Skull walks in, Hugo weaving, and I'm just he's strong. I'm actually just gonna read my note here that he pushes the thing open, and I wrote, oh, they open the big sarcophagus thing. And we've got a cube. Big surprise. Oh, he breaks the cube. cube. Fake cube. Also big surprise. Oh, that's read very sarcastically. I'm sitting there like, yeah, I could have seen this one coming, guys. Come on now. You think he would just hide it right there? Do better. Yeah, and then he's like... There's not even a lock on that sarcophagus. And he says something... He he makes a comment about, like, that I don't remember the exact quote, but that the, the... It was too... It was the... Yeah, that's where he says it's the crown jewel of Odin's treasure room. It's too... You don't bury it. And then he just goes and, like, touches the wall that's got a big symbol of a world tree in it. Yeah, like, it looks like the world, like, obviously they immediately give imagery to Thor, which I thought was really cool, because I don't remember that from this movie, because I saw this before I saw Thor. Sorry. Yeah, you probably Uh, also didn't, we were, like, a lot younger then. You probably didn't know what a world tree was. Yeah. Probably not super familiar with Norse mythology. I know I wasn't. I wasn't wasn't super familiar with Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth drawing in notebooks uh, about world trees. Yes, the world tree. Anyway, like, Uh, that's the most obvious place for it, and then he just touches the thing that's got the symbol on it, and boop, we get a tesseract. Tesseract is here. Uh, It's just a big blue light. It's probably a big big LED in a box. It's a cube. Um, Cubes are important. The allspark is a cube. The Tesseract is a cube. And then he just goes, he goes, and the Fuhrer digs for trinkets in the desert. And I'm like, I've seen Indiana Jones. Come on now. He's digging for more than just trinkets. He finds the Ark of the Covenant. Ah, I've not seen Indiana Jones. Yeah, I know. You know, I was thinking about this when I was watching this scene and he says the thing about the Fuhrer. I'm like, you know, Ty's not going to understand that because he's never seen Indiana Jones. You know, what's funny is this whole movie while I was watching it, I was like, I know I've told Ethan to watch uh, Wonder Woman many times, but if he's looking for an original movie right after watching Captain America, Wonder Woman is not the answer because they are the same movie. Uh, like literally like set in like uh, what could be like starts off yeah. in 2016 and then boom, flashback to instead of World War Two, World War One, And then at the end, we're back in 2016. I mean, this could have been World War One. It was World War Two. I know, but it, it could have been like easily could have been. Mm. Wonder Woman does do a big thing with the trench warfare thing. Yeah. And that was not a World War Two thing. No, um, but so anyway, just don't watch Wonder Woman until you've like mostly forgotten this movie. Right. And then you'll be like, wow, what an amazing original film. Because that's what you thought at the end of this movie. And then we get more. Actually, I may not have. We'll, we'll talk about it later. But <laughs> I'm less impressed this watch around than I was the first time. Oddly enough, I am the opposite. I am much more impressed this watch through than I was previously. In fact, if we're judging, like, how many notes did I take versus how much did I enjoy this movie with an inverse relationship, I have very few notes, which means I really enjoyed watching this. I've taken about the same amount of notes for every movie. This one actually has six pages. I think that's congruent. Not positive. I don't, I don't have pages. Although Thor has considerably less notes than this. I don't know. Anyway, we get to the U.S. Army. We get to America. It's go time. Let's do this. We got Skinny Steve. Skinny Steve. I tell you, I, I I feel like every time I see Skinny Steve, I want to be like, man, the special effects on Skinny Steve aren't that good, but they're that good. They are because it just it feels real. It feels like he really is looking like that. Feels real. The, the only reason you think it's not real is because you know 
what Chris Evans really looks like. And you're like, man, it's do not you, that. Do you remember the time in college <laughs> when we had a hurricane coming through and we had to leave within like minutes to go to a Halloween party four hours away? Yeah. And we've decided on Halloween costumes and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to bring this leather jacket. I'll be pre-op Captain America. I was very skinny this year. I was very, very yep. small. Yep. Very that was small, a great time. I, like, every time I see this movie, that's all I can think about. When I, think of, when I see Skinny Steve, <laughs> I think of you explaining to every single person at that party who you were. I, I, I'm, I'm Skinny Captain America. <laughs> um, at that party, I believe we beat like Jenna Marbles and Tyler Oakley. At some muscles ball, glasses. So. Not Tyler Oakley. <laughs> Tyler <laughs> Oakley. <laughs> I knew it was some other YouTube stuff. <laughs> Not Tyler Oakley. Tyler Oakley would have been way less of a jerk than that guy. That guy was a <laughs> class A jerk. So Steve goes to the doctor at the enlistment center. The doctor's like, man... What you doing your here, boy? Asthma alone. Yeah, your asthma alone you would not let you get in here. And Steve's just like, oh, come on, man. I got this. I want to fight for my country. Yeah, let's go. Wanna, let's go. I want to die for my people. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he's just, he's like Mr. Poster Boy, even though he can't be. Because he goes to the movies, and the guy's talking through the propaganda film, and Steve's just like, hey, man, shut up. This is a shut film up, about man. how great America is. You don't talk to her in America. Like, his moral, his moral compass is pegged on North at all times. It's not even a compass. It's just a picture of a compass drawn on a piece of paper. Like, it doesn't move. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know if he... Do you think he's, like, a product of propaganda already? Absolutely. Think, Absolutely, I do. So, you think that's why he cares so much about America? Yeah, I think that's the the whole thing is he sees... And he says it later He's when he gets to talk... I'm getting ahead of myself. But he starts talking to the doctor and he, he talks about how he doesn't like bullies. That's the only reason he doesn't want to fight. He wants to fight. He's like, he's mm, not... I so jive with this. He's not... He doesn't want to kill people. He just wants... He doesn't like bullies. So he he sees I think he sees the military as this like equalizer like if he can get in he's as good as those dudes yeah I I, I agree with that and that means that he can he can put the bullies in their place you know he's not like this uh, I'm a lover not a fighter kind of kind of approach um, but then he does oh no he's a fighter he's just not a killer he's not a killer he's a protector. Right. Not a fighter. Right. He's all about big defense budgets. Right. And we get introduced to Bucky, pre-Bucky, like like old, I'd forgotten about old Bucky, man, how great he was before he became Mr. Train Car, Flugelhorn, Bark Bush thing. Did you notice that they referenced that in this movie? I did. I did. I, I like, I had to pause it and replay that it. Was, like that was the point where I was like, oh, they really do have this figured out. Oh my gosh. They got the whole Winter Soldier ready yeah. to go. Yep. And so uh, he's, I mean, he's he's Bucky, man. He's, he's confident. He's cocky. He's tall and big and handsome. handsome. Everything Steve's not. Which, like, Steve's yeah, still kind of handsome, even though he's real skinny. Like, he's still Chris Evans. Like, he still, he's still has Chris the Chris Evans face. Yeah. I, I'll tell you something about Bucky, though. And this is my problem throughout the Marvel Universe, is that Sebastian Stan does not look unique enough. And, I'm like, his face isn't memorable enough that when he goes from, like, a like a high and tight to, a, a, like, a flowing mane, I can tell that it's the same person. Do you have the same problem? or is Yeah, it no, just... absolutely. Like, when he came back as a Winter Soldier, I'm like, who? Who? <laughs> Oh, Bucky! Bucky! Yeah, that the old, guy. The old Buckarino. Yeah, that guy. Which they call him Bucky very little in this in this movie. Yeah, he's uh, James Barnes yeah. for the most of it. Yeah. Um, and I also don't feel like, like, I, I love this movie, but one of my chief complaints with it is that outside of, like, a quick scene where Bucky beats up a guy that's beating up Steve, I don't feel like there's a ton of chemistry between the two characters, bef- like, yeah. building me up to care. Yeah. When Bucky is killed. Like, they've clearly got something going on in the background, but it's not explored enough, I think. Like, maybe if there was, like, a 
like a flashback within the flashback, and I guess that's why they couldn't do it. Right. Of like, uh, you know, Bucky and and Steve when they were like kids in the same size yeah. or whatever. And I'm know. sure that was the case, and that's what they're trying to play at. But like, he goes through, you know, everything to get Bucky back later on in the film, and I'm just like, why? Who is yeah. this guy to you? Right. And this guy like left and joined the division, like the the, the infantry unit you wanted to join without. And I guess you know it was it was y'all's like shared dream or whatever, but like. Yeah, he gets. I don't know. I'm, he gets put in the one hundred seventh. He gets his orders, and Steve is like mad. Steve is like, "Why is this guy so much better than me? He's just bigger. He doesn't have asthma." Well, I don't. I don't think Steve is mad. I don't, I don't like. He doesn't have any. Steve looks mad. Against... Steve not mad at Bucky, but just kind of, just kind of. He looks frustrated, yeah, bitter. So Bucky's like, "Hey, that's my last night in town. Let's go to the Stark Exposition." And then boom, Jenna Louise Coleman from Doctor Who. I'm calling on you, Whovian fans. Yeah, uh, she's in there. Don't at me about anything after Matt Smith's death because I don't know what happened, but. Um, Jenna Lewis Coleman, brief cameo in this movie. Yep, yep, for sure. And he's just not interested in the girls at all. He's like, I'm going to go back to a recruiting statement station. But but first we get introduced to young Howard Stark, who, uh, first of all, looks absolutely nothing like John Slattery. B, doesn't even look American. And C, has an accent. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened with this young... this Because, like, in later in Ant-Man, John Slad, Slad, Slattery... S- Slattery plays young Howard Stark. Well, younger Howard Stark. Younger Howard Stark. And in uh, Iron Man 2, which we just watched, John Slattery plays young Howard Stark. I'm led to believe that Howard Stark is like 20 in this movie. Uh, He would have been very... In his 20s. But he was already the number one defense contractor. I guess, you know, after World War I, there wasn't much need for a defense contractor. And then, boom, there's a huge need for it. obvious, like, genius. He's, I mean, he's... He's, like, allowed in the war rooms. I mean, who was the great, like, American inventor of that that day and age? Was there one? I don't think there was one. I don't know. I was trying to to come up, like, a parallel to him, but, like, Einstein, I guess? Einstein, yeah. But, like, like, not Einstein... In that, like, all of his stuff is rooted in science or whatever. He's, like, the sensationalist, just, like... Well, and, and he can't be Einstein because there is literally a different German scientist who creates a super weapon in this movie. Right, right. <laughs> I, I guess I guess the closest parallel is almost like like Walt Disney. Yeah. In that he's they just he's trying to... The Flushing yeah. New York thing. That's, that's where, where uh, they're, they are. They're in Brooklyn yeah. and Flushing New York at the, the Stark Expo. Yeah. Um, I guess, is that Brooklyn? Do we decide that's Brooklyn? Oh, no, Flushing's in Queens. Whatever. But they're right they're next to each a, other. Yeah. I think, People sorry, in New, York, New Yorkers, don't stop. crucify me. I, I think they're right next to each other. At me on Twitter. Anyway, um, yeah, so we get Howard Stark. He shows him the floating car, and it floats for like two seconds, and he just goes, I said a few years from now, it's going to work then. He's just like, ha, ha, ha. And then 70 years later, we still don't have floating cars, so. Yeah. Well, Tony's not really working on Balls that. Balls in your court, Howard. Yeah, Howard died in like the 90s. All I know is it wasn't a priority for Tony. No, I'm just saying. He was trying to make, he was selfishly trying to make himself fly. Right. And not flying cars for everybody. making bombs. Making bombs. <laughs> we went to a bunch of different wars. Yep. Yep. There was always a need for defense contractors and not a whole lot of need for flying cars. I know. Sh- pity. Yeah, pity. Pity. So Steve's gone back to a recruiting station. Here we go again. We get this great scene of the guys walking up and they stand in the little thing and it shows them their face on top of like a U.S. soldier. And Steve goes in there and he doesn't even fit. Yeah, he's not tall. He's not tall enough. And that's great. It just he, He's so defeated. But he goes up and does it anyway. He goes and, and up to the station again and tries to get the medical exam again. And he's terrified because he sees the sign in the back thing. It's like, oh, falsifying your information on the recruiting thing is illegal, and the cop shows up. Yeah, and, like, and he's like, oh, crap. Steve, I don't think that rule was designed for you who's trying to get in the military. I think it was designed for people trying to not 
get in the military. I don't know. I uh, I don't know what like, if if Steve is anything to be believed, then the propaganda at the time would have led me to believe that everybody wanted to fight, and you know, all, all men were like, I'm willing to go over there and lay down my life for our country, and Hitler's the worst, and Hitler was the worst. I'm not. Well, I'm not arguing with that, but uh, I don't I don't know if people were trying to get out of it, but I don't know. Maybe people were right. just as selfish then as they are now. People don't change, do they? Right. No. Never. Nothing changes in real life. Yeah. Anyway, so like, I just think they feel like they're not going to arrest somebody for trying to get in the military. At least for like just trying over and over again, it's probably pretty harmless. They're not gonna throw him in jail when he could be working in a factory making bombs. I mean, he could be in jail making bombs. Nah, I don't think so. Uh, do they, tanks need license plates? Yeah, I was gonna say he can make a lot of license plates for jeeps. <laughs> he can make a lot of license plates. Uh, but then, then so Doctor Erskine comes up. Is that his name? I think so. It's Man, it's Abraham. About, I'm so bad at it. Abraham. I noticed Abraham, Abraham Erskine. 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 E R S K I N E. Caesar Flickerman. Is that the? Is that the same dude? Yeah, they're both actually. They're both the, the hosts are in this because it's him and Toby Jones. Oh, so Ethan, real quick before we continue, I I absolutely love the the soundtrack of this movie. Um, you know, it was it just it it, it overall sounded really nice. What what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I thought the soundtrack was great here, but as long as we're talking about listening to things. Let me tell you something real quick. This podcast, Bacon and Eggs, is now brought to you by Audible. And you know what came out today? Do you know? Turtles All the Way Down came out today by John Green, famous author, The Fault in Our Stars. Great book. One of my personal favorites. But he released his new book today as a recording, which is, I guess I'm just dating this, to October 10th. But you can get that book on Audible. And you can get it on us. Free if you sign up for Audible right now. All you need to do is go to audibletrial.com slash eggs. And we'll give you a free month of Audible. And then after that, it's up to you. But for the free month, get Turtles All the Way Down. Get another great book. They have like something like 180,000 titles on Audible. I love it personally. I use it all the time. Pretty much every day. And, you know, I'm listening to Turtles All the Way Down. That's all I'm saying. Bacon and Eggs also brought to you by Pumpkin Spice Rockstar. Uh, the greatest energy drink for the fall. Uh, bring it to your your favorite movie theater, but hide it in your purse while you watch Thor Ragnarok. Man, pumpkin you Spice Rockstar. Believe how often I do that with my Pumpkin Spice Rockstar. Doctor Abraham Erskine comes in now, and he gives Steve a test that he can finally pass. All he asks him one question. All he asks him is, "Do you want?" To kill Nazis. And Steve says, I don't want to kill anybody. And he says something I really jive with, something that really hit close to home for me personally, being like a little guy in high school who was bullied. He's like, no, I just don't like bullies. Oh, it's a great line. I had chills. I was just like, Steve, you spoke to my heart, man. He's not a fighter. He's not a, he's not a, he's a fighter. He's not a killer. He's not a killer. He'll do anything to, to fight for the little guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the doctor offers him, he goes, I would give you one chance. And Steve just goes, yep, what's up? Yep, I'm in. I'm in. Because because he, he is literally willing to do anything. Like like uh, Bucky brought these two beautiful women yeah. with him. And, and Steve's not even a little bit interested because all he wants to do is fight to protect the people of, of America. And he's like, he's not even interested in women because later in the movie, he even talks about how like, you know, I've never had a dance partner because I've never found somebody that I'd want to dance with. And maybe when this is all over, I'll, I'll try harder. Maybe she says that. I don't, I don't remember. But, uh, you know, he's like, he's not even interested in like romance. Right. That's how deep in it right. he is. Exactly. And the doc says a great thing. He, he says, so many big men fighting this far. Maybe what we need is a little guy. And that's all Steve needed. That's like the whole thing. The thing he's been waiting to hear his entire life. I felt good for this dude at that moment because I'm like, man. I, I actually I don't think that's what Steve wanted to hear because he doesn't like to admit that he's the little. No, guy. but he's being given he a thinks, chance, right? For the first time a ever, chance, but, and right. he gets that one A stamp. Oh, 
Good scene. <clears throat> Love it. And then back to back uh, to Germany. Off Deutschland. Yep. What's going on in Germany? At this uh, point? We're in uh, Hydra HQ. See... Uh, they've got the Tesseract back there. It's, it's uh, the Johann Schmidt and Dr. Zola are doing Dr. Zola. something to the Tesseract. They're How decoding much it. Do you love Dr. Zola? Oh, he's great. I mean, like, like not often do I think a villainous character can be cast simply because of the way that they look yeah. as a human being. And like in this series, we see a couple examples, but mostly not many. Like the only one. I think that really like the the costuming and stuff and uh, like the actual look of the actor really matters that much so far. I think is Whiplash. Correct me if I'm wrong. It reminds me of like almost like the campy style casting and stuff we got from George Clooney's Batman. Oh movie, yeah, where like Bane is just like a big beefy dude. Right, and the the but penguin is just like a little guy. Well, that's a, that's Michael Keaton. Is it? Um, I don't know if it's Michael Keaton, but it's not George Clooney. George Clooney is against uh, Mr. Freeze, Bane, and Poison You're right, Ivy. you're right, you're right. Mr. Freeze, yeah. Arnold. Anyway, so they're doing something to the Tesseract. They're doing something to mm-hmm. it. They're decoding it or imbibing it Drawing or something with it. it. And they, because the, they just turn a knob and stuff starts happening. And he's just sitting there going like 10%, 20%, 30%. I'm like, great. We can all count. Thanks, man. Don't know what's happening, but yeah. cool. Oh, they do a lot of this, this counting up from, and they get to, from 10 yeah, to, to 100%. To some movie. random <laughs> metric. And because Howard Stark does right. the same thing. And, but I don't know what they're doing to it. And he goes, it's stable at 70%. And the Red Skull guy just goes, I didn't come here for safety, doctor. Uh, yeah, and then he he pumps it way up. Famous last words, right there. Uh, but famous last words. But, but I mean, Rescal Scrong. So it's like Scrong. It's whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> then I wrote, they did something, turned the Tesseract on, made, made a power source. I really don't know. I don't know what they did there. That whole scene was useless. I mean, it wasn't useless. It lets us know that like blue light uh, can be used to power things. Right. And he goes, it could power my all of my experiments by itself. And I'm like, okay, cool. What are we talking here? Like potato batteries or like? <laughs> well, I think I think it's kind of like in uh, Spider-Man Two with Doc Ock, where he's like, I've harnessed the power of the sun, and then um, you know, it gives him eight legs or whatever. Yeah, I had no idea what was going on with all that. It made no sense <laughs> to me whatsoever. Yeah. So we get the lineup of dudes, and they're all really big dudes, and Steve. And Steve, and and oddly enough, they're like, welcome to the the, the SSR, the Scientific Strategic Reserve. Yeah. And like, it's just like nineteen meatheads and, and Steve. Steve Rogers, right. who's so not like, particularly smart. And so <laughs> yeah, we get we get introduced to Peggy Carter, and she's just a total total bad woman and yeah i think I she think punches we, uh, that dude in the face she does punch that dude in the face and she's like lift put your right leg forward and then she in, in justice in in the marvel universe i know this is why they gave her the the tv show i want more peggy carter yeah she's good she was good she's real good um, but we real get the good. whole outline of the super soldier program and colonel phillips explains how it's gonna be and steve is just getting his butt kicked in every single challenge like it's that stereotypical scene wait a minute are we not gonna talk about how tommy lee jones is now in this movie i mean we can tommy lee jones is in this we movie can. one of our one of our our one favorite of our, uh, our, one favorite, of our least favorite villains <laughs> one of our least favorite villains one of my favorite supporting characters in a in a marvel movie i thought he did an exceptional job in this movie in fact i even read one negative review of this film that says the only shining moment in this movie is when tommy lee jones eats steak on screen <laughs> What a weird thing to like. That's a good scene, though. You gotta admit. It was. But uh, we have we have two really great scenes here that are, you know, we always talk about those pivotal scenes that the movie kind of runs off of. And I personally mm-hmm, think that we're, mm-hmm. we're about to hit that scene because, like, Steve's getting his butt kicked every single one of these challenges. Like, the dudes are kicking the barbed wire down on him. He can't climb up the, the big rope wall thing. But, but they mm-hmm. get to that part where everybody's trying to climb up the flagpole and they can't get it. And Phillips is like, nobody's gotten that. Or the, not Phillips, the other guy, the drill sergeant guy. It's like, nobody's gotten that flag in 17 years. 17 years seems like a long time for the uh, Scientific Strategic Reserve, whatever, the SSR. 
to be doing their thing. Well, uh, I mean, it, it's they were just at boot camp, I think, like basically. No, this is an SSR boot camp. No, it's Camp Lejeune. Lejeune. Yeah, that's like a is big like, military base, like big one. If you are allergic to peanuts, are you allergic to Lejeune? No. Or am I thinking of legumes? It's legumes. You're not thinking this is funny. I thought you were going to do your little laughter thing. With no, this. just annoyed that you don't get it, man. It's a big military base. You yeah. should, this is something people know. <laughs> this isn't something. You're this from is like New, York. New York. You're from New York. Is it in New York? Yes. I, I'm I'm not from New York. My my parents are from New York. <laughs> my parents okay. are from Ohio. I live in the moment. <laughs> it's actually not in New York. It's in North Carolina. That's why I know about it. Okay. See. So even I'm from New York. So how? Can anyway, it's from it? around here. It's like the big military base. Anyway, so just 17 years they've been trying to get this flag from the flagpole and nobody can do it. All these big meatheads climbing up and Steve walks over there and just pulls the flagpole down, grabs the flag <sighs> and hops in the jeep. Yeah. I don't know. No. It's 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 clearly it's pivotal it's pivotal it's clearly his instinct it's that he's not just brawny and he never will be just just a a a big meaty dude even when he becomes one he's still smart he's not just gonna punch his way through his problems he's smart you know and it's not there's no there's no live tyler to calm him right and he gets we get we show here that he's smart (laughs) and the next scene we get where tommy lee jones is talking to the doctor and the doctor's vouching for steve and Tommy Lee Jones just throws the grenade into the crowd. Everybody runs away except Steve. Do you think that was just a crate full of dummy grenades? Or do you, yes. they just have a whole crate of those? I seriously doubt they have a crate of real grenades just lying around next to the place where they're doing jumping jacks. I don't know. It seems like a weird place to put dummy grenades, if you ask me. I mean, why would the base have real grenades just lying around like that? I guess. But anyway, yeah, I, uh, he throws the grenade Steve. and not one of those guys does what the military like prescribed thing to do is in that situation yeah. uh, but steve does, steve does and he jumps on the and grenade. he passes the test and tommy lee just goes steve's still skinny he's still skinny uh yeah and, and I, I like that so after that we uh, get an actual backstory on the villain for once which is nice we get because dr erskine after he's been picked which we never straight up said steve's been picked like that that was just assumed i guess but i remember not catching that i was like so is he in or what we, well he says he's picked he's like i've got these schnapps for you but uh, you can't have them you have procedure tomorrow right but yeah he gives the whole background on on Johann Schmidt, who is the Red Skull's real name. And actually, everybody has names in this movie, which is new. So wait a minute. You think that this is an adequate background for a villain? Yeah. I feel like Johann Schmidt is like the first villain we've seen where I feel like his motivation is not validated. Oh, no, not but at all. I think what they, mo- get, what not they do to get around that, what they do to get around that is they say uh, Johann Schmidt is uh, just like the super soldier where all of uh, Steve's positive characteristics are amplified. Johann Schmidt, all of the evil in him is amplified, and that's how they get around. Them. Right, like, he doesn't really have any motivations right. to take exactly. over the world other than that. exactly. And that's you know, that's he... part of my like final thoughts on this movie. But anyway, this movie, in addition to being a good superhero movie, is is also just like a good war movie. In that, like, you get the the German that you're supposed to like. You know, you got the you got the doctor, the German that's like good. He's gone to the good side. And he gets that whole line about so many people forget the first country the Nazis invaded was their own. This oh, is like yeah. this is just yeah, at definitely. this point it's just a good war movie. Mm-hmm. But I thought I thought that was cool. But yeah, hey, everybody has names this time, and I was I was very pleased with that. It's like everybody's got a name. Yeah, they keep saying like Agent. Carter, we know who they are. They keep saying. They, I guess they probably yeah. had feedback after Hulk that was like, man, nobody got a name in this movie. And then why we did it again in We did it again in <laughs> Thor where nobody has names. Thor has names. They have Loki and Odin and Allfather and Right, but like Thor. But like none of his and, friends have names. And Ed Selvig and, and Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. <laughs> Jane Foster. <laughs> and but like Ed, 
it was said very sparingly compared to the other ones. Anyway, everybody's yeah. got a lot of names in this movie. I felt like I knew who everybody was for the first time. Like, I felt comfortable with all the characters. And maybe I'm saying that I need to be beat over the head to understand the characters, but, like, there's been a lot of characters so far in these movies they just haven't explained at all. Yeah, I want to touch briefly on, uh, on, uh, I, we just talked about how well everybody's named, but on the, 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 the Albert Einstein, Abraham Erskine. Um, I made a note that was, I, I like, you know, Tony was created by this, uh, oh, Tony wasn't created, he was created by Tony Stark, but he was assisted in, his life was saved by this guy from this, uh, you know, terrorist nation or whatever, where there was all this conflict and it seems like this guy would have been, you know, a villain, like he gets there and the guy speaks their language and doesn't know if you can trust him, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and then we have Captain America who is created by, a. a a seemingly villain you know he's got this german guy in world war right. ii he even right. makes a comment um you know do you not trust me because i'm german and he's like no it's fine whatever yeah and he clearly um, does and that's when that's when he has a line about the first country that the nazis invaded was their own right um i i think uh between those two characters i actually like this one better than i like uh Yinsen yeah from, i would agree with that from iron man um i think that uh like and they both die while creating them like it's like very mirrored throughout uh, and then which i think is relevant down the line because they become enemies and they have this sort of mirror backstory but whatever uh i think that that uh, just the way he's developed and i feel like there's better chemistry between these two characters than there was between jensen and i would agree with that tony i would agree Stark. with that absolutely uh, well because tony didn't need a chance tony needed somebody to help him be tony steve needs a chance right need, right right uh like like this guy like in tony's situation tony's got all the power this guy is just the resource he needs and in steve's situation this guy has the power and Steve is the resource this guy right. needs. Right, and, and Steve is chosen because he's good. Steve is inherently good. And he says that, like, the line about that the strong man who's always been strong will only, you know, misuse his strength. But the weak man knows the value of strength. Right. He knows he knows why it's important and he knows why it's so, so right. great. Right. I'm Whatever. just saying, we go back to Germany and this is a great scene. It's a great scene. You know why? And this is something I've never caught the other, like, eight times I've watched this movie, at least part of this movie, is he's got the artist painting him right oh, you never in the that. in the in the silhouette and all we see is a silhouette of him but it flashes in real quick on that red paint mm -hmm. oh it was so cool i'd never noticed that before that yeah, was so sweet. cool one trope i don't like about this is they 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 come to the scene and they've got uh red skull listening to opera as though like listening to opera is inherently inherently like villain thing to do and it's like something you see over and over again in movies and i i don't like that. i think it's i think that that's it was he was listening to a german opera it's an inherently german thing to do was it deflator mouse i don't remember what it was oh so the piece that uh johan schmidt is listening to in that scene that you're talking about is richard wagner's setting of the siegfried tale in which siegfried kills his best friends and seeks after the valkyrie Wow, that is so incredibly like beat you over the head with it. Yeah, but uh, of course, <laughs> yeah, and, for those people and, who I know, know you and I caught Wagner that. off the top of their head. <laughs> I mean, I know a good portion of our audience is going to know that and be like, yeah, obviously, guys, how did you not catch that well, right away? I that's one of the most popular opera pieces there catch is. catch it right away. So I think that's cool. It's a very subtle, like subtle, but also very strong hint at what's about to happen. Yeah, kills all his friends. Kills all his friends in that scene. Yep. Anyway, back to America. We got, we got, now we get Steve and Peggy in the car. That scene you're looking for earlier. Where yeah. Steve, does, he, he's driving by and he's just like, I got beat up in that alleyway and on that street corner and that butcher shop, that school, that house, that guy's porch. Oh, and the noodles there. Yeah. Nice. And she's just like, why can't you just run? And he goes, well, when you start running, you never stop. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, I get that. I get that. And she's obviously just smitten with him immediately, even before he's big. She just... Oh, I, I, I disagree. I feel like she doesn't... Oh, do I you mean, see she, the way she, she looks at him, him though? When he gets out of the car? She starts flirting with him a little bit, but I don't think she really cares about nah, him. Nah, until... he gets out of the car, and she's just looking at him like, oh, man, this guy. So they go into this <laughs> antique shop, which is actually 
Howard Stark's lab underneath it's, Brooklyn. It's, it's, I guess it's an a lab. It's well, an lab. One lab. One one lab, please. It's basically uh, Steve walks not in. Howard Stark's Labrador. <laughs> he pulls, yes. Steve walks in and people start like surrounding him with stuff. And Howard Stark's there, and there's this big intimidating operation bay, and he's just terrified. He, he's a little terrified. He's a little nervous. He's like, "What have I gotten myself into? Oh my right. gosh!" And then and they uh, sit him. But then he's also like, "There's no turning right. back now." They sit him know? down, and <laughs> Doctor Erskine goes over what they're all going to do to him and i didn't listen to a single word of it he was just like no we're going to inject him with this thing and then this thing and we do this to them and then everything else and like and then you'll the, the, so, uh, the, the, end, the end result basically end result light. basically is he screams a lot and comes out as big steve see he gets into the thing and he and has this like i'll see you on the other side right. and, and then they, they hit him with the penicillin and he's just like oh that wasn't so bad and the doctor goes, yeah, that was like, just penicillin. penicillin. And then the whole right. thing like closes in on him and stabs him with like a thousand needles. And they're like, and he's like, uh, are you okay in there? And he's like, I guess it's too late to ask to go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, yeah, shut up, Steve. They start the thing and it I, maybe they explain this in the science mumbo jumbo part, but all I can tell is that it gets really No, they're hitting him with Vita Rays. It says it on Vita it says it on the little uh the little dial that Howard Stark is like it goes from zero to hundred percent and they're hitting him with Vita Rays. And Howard Stark Vita, is like turning right. this big wheel get vims at your druggist vi for vitamins double ms for minerals so yeah he's doing the thing and he's he's getting like his acne treated with the light for right basically peggy's like shut it down shut it down howard's like all right cool i'm just gonna stop this whole billion dollar experiment and steve's like no don't shut it down i can do this i'm like you're going Oh, I could take You're gonna it. You're going to die, dude. You're going to die. Well, I mean, at this point, he's like, I'd rather, right. like I'm willing to die for my country, right. and if this is how I They turn that, it on all the way, get to 100% of whatever. 100% of something. Uh, and of the gener- generator shuts down, and the thing opens, and we've got Big Steve. we got Big Steve. Uh, Big Steve's presentation, I need an honest opinion here. Does Big Steve look more or less ripped than Chris Hemsworth did in Thor? Less, much less. You think Chris Hemsworth and Thor he's, looks No, bigger? he doesn't look bigger. He looks more ripped. It's Steve's more, he's like softer almost. Fluffier. Yeah. He's clearly not in as good yeah. shape. He hasn't been working very yeah. hard on this. Um, I actually, I don't know. I, I thought that they were going to look, uh, I, I, when Steve comes out, he's got like the bodybuilder spray all over him. Yeah. And he's just jacked. Uh, but yeah, I think Chris Hemsworth looks like more of an athlete. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, this movie is about two people trying to become gods. Right. And One's uh, already Thor a god. is the god they're trying yeah. to become. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Carter's really smitten with him now. She definitely gives him the ones over. That's just like, all right. Yeah. Like Steve the first thing Rogers. she does, is like she she reaches her reaches her hand out and she's like, nice pet. She's like, boy, and, uh, you done got hot when you went in that machine. You done got hot. And I, I'm just gonna read what I have written down here because I actually don't like the way that she reacts to this because this movie is supposed to be about the power of the little guy. What makes him great is that like he's got heart and not muscles. Um, ah, but now he's got heart and muscles. He's Inspector Gadget. Right, right, right. Like, right, Inspector right. Gadget was smart, um, but now he's got robot arms. Right, but, like, the, the, the pilot of this vessel stays the same, right? But but now the vessel is important and not the pilot. No, the pilot is still it. important. The pilot now has a worthwhile vessel. Mm. I, but, like, and then he couldn't talk to girls until he was badass, well, and now... He still can't talk to her. Uh, he still can't talk to her. He's, I mean, he's a little no, shy. No, because you get, like, t- you seems... get ten minutes in, farther into the movie, and she's just like, you still don't have a bloody clue about how to talk to women, do you? Oh, yeah. And like, a second later, he makes out with that girl from Game yeah. of Thrones. Yes, that is from Game of Thrones. She is Princess Marjorie Tyrell <laughs> slash Lannister slash Tyrell slash Baratheon slash Lannister slash dead. Uh, 
Sorry. This show's full of spoilers. People are just going to have to deal yeah, with Yeah, you that. know, if you haven't seen it at this point, you're not going to watch it anyway, so. I don't know. She's, I don't know. Anyway. I, I feel like. No, I, I get what you're like, saying. I completely guy. get what you're saying, but I think that that was always going to be the case, because, like, they still need to sell Chris Evans, or not Chris Evans, still need to sell Chris Evans as a sex symbol. Right. Well, and on the flip side of that, like, Captain America is big and beefy, yeah. but if it's supposed to, like, give the little guy hope and, you know, be like, oh, you can fight back bullies. I feel like its answer is the best way to beat bullies is to just become jacked, and I I don't right, like that. Right, but that's that the whole thing is like he's message. still Steve. Like he's not he's, he's not Steve, Captain whatever can, the guy's name. Now was. he can win those fights with the bullies because he's anyway, jacked. Whatever. Back to the plot. We've got a, a German spy in there. Yeah, blowing stuff easy. up. Um, I, Kills yeah. Doctor Erskine. Uh, he uses the like uh, the Ocean's uh, Ocean's Thirteen. The household loses yeah. Zippo lighter yep. to blow up. Uh, whole yep, room. the whole room with all the experiments blows up, and Erskine dies, and Peggy runs out in the street and is just like dead eyes shooting people in the face. That's why I think we need the cars running her down, like, and she like is trying to shoot the dude. Steve grabs her, and she's just like, "What the heck, dude? I got it." A little bit of theory. I'm gonna drop in okay. here. Agent Carter is like 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 uh, Hawkeye is a descendant of gotta be. I can see that. Got to be. I can see that. I mean, obviously not because they exist in the same timelines in the same movie, but uh, there's got to be something there. I, I mean, you know, somebody with more time on their hands, right. figure that figure out, out for, for me. me. Figure out how to make this work. But because, we get this great chase yeah. scene. Steve, like, runs down the street, no shoes on, over glass, through buildings, just like incredible hulking his way to get to this car. Yeah, very cool. Running through the streets. And I love uh, that that scene this, where like, like Steve is still he's still scene. capable, but like he doesn't know his own strength at all. He has no idea how to use the body. He, like, yeah, he falls into the right. shot. No clue what he's doing, but he's he knows he can beat this car. Right. He can run down this vehicle and chases down a submarine. Yeah, that that was the part where I was like, okay, he's really going oh, man. fast because I don't know how fast cars were in 1941, and I've been to New York in 2014 or 2017 or whatever year it is now, and I know that cars don't move very fast in New York. So um, I wasn't sure how fast he was going through those streets. So he chases down that submarine. That's a great scene where the kid the kid's like go after him i could swim which is the first time yeah. like anybody has ever had a child be self-sufficient in a movie ever so he pulls the hydra dude out of the the um out of the submarine whoa 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 there's there's some there's an easter egg you're missing him yeah he he's fighting the hydra dude he's running through the streets and he pulls the door off the cab and the the the, the door on the cab has a star on it and that's like the first we get of like iron uh, Captain America and his shield. You get. We got to get introduced to Hydra first because Steve knows about Hydra now because the guy is like, you cut off one head and two more will come, and then he kills the or he takes the cyanide pill and just dies. Steve's like, well, all right. You know, here's my thing about the whole thing is Schmidt is obsessed with I'm guessing Norse mythology because he's all about the 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 world tree and he wants the power of the gods and we know in this universe that like thor is real and the gods are real and the ice giants actually came um and hydra is like a like the hydra is like a herculean myth maybe not that as a recorded history but he finds it in the tree right. in right. norway but like, like nobody believes it is where he's seeking nobody it believes down. it by that point but he does but he's, he but he's the only it. one the whole thing is that he believes but but he's yeah. the guy and he is from what i understand is the one that like pushes this hydra you cut off one head, two more come back thing. And that is Herculean mythology, which is Greek and Roman. I mean, I think that that's just all the mythologies, the pan, like the pantheon of gods mythologies are intertwined. Like Zeus is just Odin. It's the same thing. It's it is the same thing. thing. Mm. Neil Gaiman. I, I agree with that, but like this is, that's what it is. Like they, they all have their, their type of thing. I think that Hydra is. Because, because, because if they were the same thing, then Thor would be Hercules. Because the right son of, son of the Allfather. Yeah. I would agree that Thor is Hercules. He, he can't be right. Hercules has a sword. Okay, whatever. Anyway, what I'm getting at is I think that Hydra is called Hydra because he, they need the, the like, multiple heads thing. The Hydra can't be beaten. Yeah, my other thing is they, they say that, like, you cut off one head, two more grow back, and that guy dies. But then, like, two more don't come back. You know, it's not like he dies and then two dudes 
from off the street are like, oh, it's time to engage my Hydra personality and get into it. You know, I, I, they kept talking about you cut off one, had two more come back. And I didn't feel like there was enough people in Hydra for that to be a feasible well, approach. Well, you know, I don't think that they need to each individually be the head. And are they saying I like think... a monarchy becomes an oligarchy? No, Is that what they're no, trying not to say? at all. I think they're saying that <laughs> if you kill one of us, we're going to come back twice as hard. I think it's a warning. It seems like they're just showing their cards. Seems like a bad move. Also, the Hydra is a small freshwater animal that was discovered in 1758. So, yes, it is named the Hydra because of its regenerative ability to grow heads back. That's horrifying. Well, it's it's like a just like a tiny. You'll be all right. Anyway, it was discovered in 1758, so that was well before World War II. Um, we're just going to go with that. It was named after the small fish. I don't think that's what it's named after the small fish. This is canon now. This is bacon and eggs canon. Bacon and eggs canon. Hydra is a small fish. Um, Steve knows about Hydra now, and we get the scene where, this is where we get the scene where Schmidt thinks that he's better than Hitler and he kills all the guys. Yeah, and Schmidt's like, I am more evil than Hitler, and I am... Man, you are really not good at German accent. I had a note written here that Schmidt thinks Hydra must be strong. So you included strong. I included the word strong in my notes. I did too. Um, But yeah, he's just destroying the Nazi leaders, basically. Except Hitler. Right. Because, well, I don't think they cast Hitler. Well, they did cast Hitler, but not, not the German, German Hitler. Hitler. They cast uh-huh. like the Marx Brothers Hitler. Right. Um, yeah. So so Schmidt kills the German leaders uh, and they, they walk in and they're like, you know, it's been 14 months since you've provided us with any weapons and it's been, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to stop funding for Hydra, which I feel like after he killed his man, they probably would have been like, mm, maybe we should stop, cutting for, stop funding for Hydra. I don't maybe think Hydra cared should. anymore. Where are they getting all their resources from? They're taking them. From who? The Nazis. This is the point where Hydra stops being the Nazis. Like, yeah, Hydra is its, its own thing right. now. Like, I don't think that the Nazis even exist anymore at this point. I mean, they right, did. but like... That's that's who the 100... The, the first through the 106th and the 108th on who we're fighting. <laughs> right, I think this is the scene in the moment where Hydra... In the movie, where Hydra becomes more important. Right, where we don't care about uh, Hitler. We care about right. Red Skull. But at the end of the day, Hydra's yeah, attack... Who's like Mecha Hitler. <laughs> Hydra's attack on uh, Howard Stark and his boys on the uh, SSR. Their attack works because they got what they wanted. Erskine's dead. The experiment's been destroyed and they can't make more Steves. Yeah. So no more Steves. But they don't need more they Steves. They just need one Steve. Well, they think they need more Steves. They need one Steves. Because uh, Colonel Phillips is mad. Tommy Lee Jones is, is mad. He's like, Steve, this is your fault somehow. Um, I'm going to blame you. We don't, we don't need you. You were Yeah, we're going to send you off to I- El Guadalupe... So Senator, Senator Brandt wants to make like, Steve this poster boy for the, the... Well, and you... I mean, you got a job with that. Like, the American government right now is just admin. Right, madmen, exactly. You know, like, John Hamm. Um, so they get John Hamm, and they're like... Well, he's not actually in this movie, but the admin of the U.S. government are like, you know, we could make this pretty sweet deal for ourselves, and we could have you doing propaganda So Steve's whole job is to sell war bonds now. I don't know what a war bond is, and I don't want you to explain it to me. I just want to admit... That I don't know what it is, and I'm afraid to ask. So Steve's selling war bonds, and we get, like, a Rocky-level montage that goes on here. This is a great Dude, montage. Dude, goes on No, no, it ever. doesn't. It was great. I was so happy. I was oh so happy, because he gets like, better every time. At the beginning, he's got the cue cards in the back of the shield, and he's just like, um, Steve, I'm Steve. Captain America wants you to buy, what is that, war bombs? Bar- Bonds. bonds gotcha and then it, and he, he can't do it and then it goes on and on and on he gets better every time and he's holding up the girls on the motorcycle with one hand it's a great montage dude man i'm a sucker for a good montage but i thought this montage went on nah, for a while. Nah. it went on uh, just the perfect then, amount because you, you finally see him and he, he says the last thing and you know and the, the, it cuts and there's no applause and then he's he's in europe yeah, and, he's, and he's with the soldiers and the soldiers could not care less. He's with the soldiers. I don't understand how he doesn't know he's talking to the 107th. Uh, like, how would you have not figured that out? Isn't it, like, written somewhere? 
on something that like your next show is the 107th division no i think he was just performing for that camp they had just got back gotten back from like a battle i know i i figured i don't know i think he would have. they probably weren't the only dudes there kind of guy he seems like the kind of guy who was more interested in the different battalions no he was clearly done with the whole process at that point he was over the whole thing i mean he was definitely sold on the on the you know i get to be captain america the great no i don't think he was i think he was so over it at that point he's just like i've done this 200 times i'm mad because the first chance he gets he's like i'm done with this i'm not going back to this life well because because this crowd doesn't like him and he's like you know what i'm realizing that as as effective as this is in the states uh, you know, these guys are laying down their lives for us. And I, I think he's rediscovering his purpose, rediscovering what it was like he got into this for. And he's like, I want to be a part of this. You know, I want to be one of these guys. Uh, I'm not sure I ever understood why he couldn't just be a soldier in any given battalion. Uh, just like an exceptionally good Because they don't want him to. The government, uh, the military won't let him. Well, he does it yes. anyway. Um, but before that, before that, so, but Carter's back. She, he comes to visit him, and and he's doodling, and he's uh, like extremely good. Yeah, at that drawing. was a weird thing to put in there. Yeah, I was like, why is he such a good doodler? I don't know. So Carter is talking to him, and he's he's still not happy. He's like, he's not thrilled with the fact that he's just a poster boy, everything like that. He he complains to her about it, and she's just like, these men out there are in battle. They're the remainder of the one hundred seventh. And he's like, who did a what now? One hundred. The one hundred and seven. He's like, that's Bucky's battalion. For some reason, because I guess Bucky means the world to him, and yeah, still not totally sold. But it was like he remembers the one hundred seventh because it was Bucky's battalion and it was his father's battalion, right? Uh, right. So basically, Steve freaks out. He goes and sees Phillips, and Phillips is like, "Yep, Bucky's dead. Sucks to suck. Bye." Yeah, and they don't they don't seem to care too much, but they're also like, "We lose more men." Steve than it's is worth. just like, "I'm going after these guys," and Carter's like, "All right, cool. I'm about it," and she <laughs> flies him in in Howard Stark's plane. Yeah, I was like, I don't think Agent Carter would be like, let's just fly civilians into and, to airspace. Although this is the first time we see him jump out of a plane without a parachute. How cool he is that? He does have a parachute. Yes, he, he does. He have a parachute. Oh, he 100% has a parachute. You are completely idiot. wrong about that. I have a note here saying, I feel like Steve probably doesn't need a parachute. But he has a, he has a great line because Howard Stark is just being Howard Stark. Howard Stark doesn't care. He's just like, Carter. So when we're done here, why don't we have a little fondue? We land in Lucerne. You see what I'm talking about? And Steve is and, just like, and he's like, so you, guys, you, two, you guys do, do you fondue? fondue? And I was like, <laughs> Steve, Steve doesn't know what fondue, fondue is. is. Anyway, so he yeah, hops out the plane with the parachute, 100% with a parachute, lands in this Hydra base. And he's just like murking people left and right. But yeah, I mean, they we, get a, we get a cut before it. that. And Hydra's using these, these guys as a workforce. And we get introduced to what is obviously going to be his version of Thor's friends. These guys stand out versions. way too much he's got to stand out way too much and uh they're a little one-dimensional yeah but that's okay there's dum-dum dugan um who's the mustache guy yes who i, I only know because you used to play marvel ultimate alliance i never thought yeah. how useful this would be to my life listening to you play ultimate alliance and being like this game is dumb this game's anyway awesome. if anybody wants to play ultimate alliance with me on twitch yeah but great great inclusion of like a minor marvel character there but it's like dum dum dugan and then the black dude and the asian dude and the french dude i'm just like you guys are a little bit too you don't look like like... anybody else here because everybody else here looks like bucky yeah and everybody else is in a military uniform and you guys are all wearing like you all get to just wear whatever you want your commanding officer is just cool with that right exactly Uh but he you get to have whatever facial hair you want they got this whole group of ragtag people and steve busts them out and they're just like we're taking everybody and the the asian dude is like i'm from illinois or whatever you know what's crazy is uh during this scene i think it's it's important to note that like earlier in the movie tommy lee jones was like uh Patton says is it Patton that he yeah. quotes Patton says that this war will be won by the the army with the best men not with the most men or whatever yeah. 
And then, you know, that becomes immediately apparent because Hydra's soldiers are just like... No, it's the, the army would be won with the, by the army with the... The war will be won by the army with the best men, not the best weapons. No, because Hydra uh, clearly has the better weapons. They've got laser rifles, which right, still don't like exist. <laughs> yeah. So Steve busts these dudes out, and then they are like, well, there's a, and they, there's they, a privacy like, ward over there, not, and he goes after Bucky. And like, not one of them no, dies. No. They all just, they, they get that tank, and they're all together in the tank, and I'm and like, you guys don't even know each other. one of them gets yep. shot. Yeah, they get in the tank. They're, they're having a good time. And he goes and then, finds um, Bucky, and we get that great yeah, Easter egg. Where, where Bucky's already yeah. doing the, like, kangaroo right. lap dance. <laughs> Practice. Mother Nature. Look. I don't know. Lark. <laughs> Unique New York. I don't, I don't I have no what idea. Um, but Bucky's alive and he's talking to himself and Steve rolls up and he's just like, who are you? And Steve's like, I'm freaking Steve, dude. And Bucky goes, I thought right. you were he's dead. Like, and Bucky goes, I thought you were smaller. <laughs> he, picks, he picks Bucky up and he's kind of like half asleep throughout this whole thing. And of course, you know, the one person they pick is, is Bucky. And I think... This is relevant because, as I just said, Bucky would have been a greater choice for the Super Soldier Serum because he's, you know, already a big dude, but he would appreciate the exactly. strength. Um, and I think the Germans were like, you know, this Bucky guy, he might, yeah. he might work on our side exactly. of the Super Soldier. Exactly. And <laughs> then we get this confrontation between Steve and the Red Skull, and Steve knocks the Red Skull's face off just Red a little Skull. bit, and I'm just like, oh, there we go, there we go. When I was first watching the movie, I was like, what's wrong with that dude's face? And then like 30 seconds later, he just rips his own face off. And I'm like, ooh, that's what's wrong with his face. And Bucky goes, you don't have one of those, do you? I'm a huge fan of uh, Red Skull's makeup work as opposed to like CGI Red yeah. Skull face. Yeah, no, he looks great. Because uh, he, he looks like, like, of course, when he's pulling the face off, it's all CGI and it looks like garbage. But then when it's off, yeah. it's it's makeup work. And yeah, and Hugo Weaving's already so like a good. weird looking, kind of intimidating looking dude. Yeah, and he's like, Mr. Mr. Rogers. Mr. Ro Captain Rogers. Surprised to see me. Human beings are a virus, Captain Rogers. So we were back, and uh, yeah, we have this scene between uh, Captain America and Red Skull. This is actually when I paused the movie, and I had to take it upstairs um, because my fiance wanted to go to bed. So I went from watching it on my giant television to watching it on a 19-inch screen. So maybe the rest of the movie just wasn't as good, uh, and they had less of a special effects budget, or maybe I was watching it on a much smaller screen. This is where um, I... So Red Skull meets Captain America face-to-face, -face, and he's like, we are of the same, uh, Captain Rogers. And, Steve's uh, like, uh, no, we're not, bro. No, we're not the same. Uh, and he sends Bucky across the jet fuel can't melt steel beams thing, and then it breaks, and it, I feel like Captain America is strong enough that it wouldn't have been challenging for him to bend this metal. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, he has a, a lot of trouble bending that thing and i was surprised by that but then he takes like two steps and jumps like there's no run-up whatsoever well there's a little bit of run-up because you can see it was it was unconvincing further, but they also convincing well obviously he can he has like superhuman jumping abilities and we saw that in his like chase scene with the car they were like building up to this moment where we saw him do like an it just looked jump. incongruous it, it looks incongruous yeah it did not look like even if, even no. with the strength it did not look like he had enough of like a run-up that he wasn't like moving fast enough like like it, it was it was that hard for you to move that bar and you can jump that far yeah. okay buddy well, but but then they don't want us to know oh. that steve is alive necessarily because they just cut to him like cut after he's halfway there yeah, yeah but he, he does make it, it and so, I mean, colonel phillips is like steve I is dead because we yeah, yeah we, we we looked for 45 minutes and steve is dead as so you know they're like r.i.p captain rogers he's, he's no he longer with us and you can see him drafting right, he strolls back into camp with yeah. the whole platoon with, the whole division with, with the all whole, the weapons and all the tanks and even colonel phillips is just sitting there like got, eh, all right fine right oh and prior to all of this there's a part where uh he tells agent carter like agent carter's like you can't respond like that to me and he's like the hell i can't i'm a captain like, 
I mean, kind of. Well, I mean, I think he is a captain. I think they promoted him. No, this is when he's on the plane with Howard Stark. Right. And he hasn't been promoted yet because they're not letting him go on this mission. I think he's, I think he's not telling him about it. I think he's he's Captain America though. Like I think he is a captain. I don't know. I think his title is Captain America, not Captain Rogers. Could be wrong. I mean, but it seems like I mean, I think I think it was funny. I think it was a little tongue in cheek. Yeah. I think it was a little like, "Oh, he's a captain. Let's let's make a joke out of the fact I mean, that he's yeah. a captain." And I thought it was funny, and I laughed. I did laugh. Okay, okay. fair enough. I admit it. Fair enough. I laughed. Uh, oh, and actually, they do call him Captain Rod. Uh, yeah, Steve doesn't even show up to the. He gets the Medal of Valor. Doesn't even show up to the ceremony. He's like, in a bar with Bucky. Yeah, doesn't even show up to the ceremony because he's, he's not a bar. hero. Uh, he refuses to be a hero. Yeah, he, he doesn't, doesn't want to be a hero himself as a hero. He's he's just like he I'm doesn't even act particularly heroic. Yeah, like do. he he just he does he has a motive for everything he does. Like a, a pretty selfish one. He wants Bucky back. Right. Right. And he he doesn't feel like he's a hero. He wasn't even following orders. He was just doing what he felt like right. he had to do to get right. his friend back. But he wasn't acting particularly heroic. He was just trying to save Bucky. Right. And then Peggy makes the he she repeats his line to him about looking for the right partner in the bar. Yeah. Because she shows up and, and the whole bar is just like, whoa. There's whoa. There, I don't know if you guys are paying attention or not, but there's a girl in here. It doesn't happen. There's no right, women right. in this town. It's literally just soldiers. Just soldiers. Um Scott America comes back. And then uh, he draws the map with all the hydro locations because he saw it for like a brief moment. And I think that's something they wanted us to pay a lot more attention to. And I think it comes out a lot more in future movies is that he's like, he is very smart yeah. and very strategic. Like he, like he looked up and he knew that he was supposed strategic. to notice that. Right. And he knew he was supposed to like right. memorize it. Um, and he comes back and he draws the map where all of them are. And uh, and then Captain Phillips is like, you, you do a much better Captain Phillips than I But he's like, you drew a map where Hydra was. You think you can wipe him off of it? Yeah. And, and he's like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we get this scene where he is like going through and he's like, I'm here to see Captain Phillips or whoever he's there to see about like his new gear and weapons or seriously Stark. Um, and he runs into the girl from the, uh, that show on HBO that you never watch every week. Yeah. I ask you to watch it. and You just refuse. Keep making me talk about Marvel movies. I'm just trying to trying to do my Game of Thrones review podcast here. Uh, so he runs into the girl from Game of Thrones. And she's like, the women of America owe their lives to you. Oddly enough, there's only two women in this entire county, and they're both beautiful, weirdly uh, enough. I believe they're still in Europe. Right, whatever. There's no counties I mean, There are, in but like, I, I think that there are probably more women in that county. On this military base. What do you want from them? This barracks. Just saying. Like, I think that was a stretch. Oh, my goodness. So him, him and the lady, she, she you know, pulls him in for the, the first kiss and of Steve's Peggy life. And Peggy sees it, and she's mad. Peggy sees I wrote M-A-A-A-A-D. Yeah. She yeah. real mad. She, she, like, goes, she uh, I thought you and Stark were uh, fun doing. And she goes, you have no idea how to talk to a woman. I, you know, I don't think that... He, I wasn't convinced he didn't know what fondue was until the next scene when Stark is like, man, yeah, it's just Fondue is just bread. cheese and bread, my friend. Yeah, but I, but like, I think he gets that Stark was hitting on her. She gets that Stark was hitting on her. But he's, I still think he doesn't know what fondue matter if he doesn't know what fun, It doesn't matter if he doesn't know what fondue is. He knows that, like, them getting fondue implies... An intimate interaction. But to Stark, it doesn't. And to Stark, Fondue it is an intimate know. interaction. Because Stark's just like, once you get to figure out what you know and is going on in a woman's head, that's when your goose is truly and thoroughly cooked. I try to stay away from women. I try <laughs> to worry about only about my work. I'm like, all right, Howard, you say that, but you're Howard Stark. You are literally just Tony. Yeah, I mean, there was like a, a scene earlier in the movie that I even made a note that he was a womanizer. Yeah, he's just Tony. He's literally Tony. They're the same. They're the, but they're the same, except he's not as good. Steve gets actor. a suit, and Steve gets a shield. And he's got all these shields, and he's like, this one has guns, and this one has other stuff. And Steve's just like, nope, round one, circle, got it. And he's... <laughs> Steve's looking around, and and, and uh, they've only got one Captain America, and they've only got one Vibranium shield. And he's like, oh, no, 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 you can't have that one, because it's Vibranium, and it's that's all we got. It's like, okay, 
Steve's all you right. got. He's like, why? No, what? he says, why isn't this standard issue? Is what he says. And then oh, he's yeah, like, yeah. this is the rarest that, metal in the all world. All that's we all we have. have. And he's just like, I'll take it. Okay, we'll see. What, we'll see what. And Ultron then, has and to then say Peggy about that. shoots it, and it's just like, it's... she, she, yeah, he's like, hey, what do you think? And then she's like, bang, 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 bang. It is bulletproof AF. She knows it works though. It's Howard Stark. Steve worked. I don't know. She seemed. She seemed. She was pissed. I mean, like she shot that guy. But we get another big montage after this, and Steve and the boys. We're go- back up. There's something back up, up to. This is the I next got, scene. I got thoughts on this. I know, but but he's got his little group of misfit toys. Get it? Because you know he's the little guy, so he picks all these guys that are like you know, quote unquote minorities plus Bucky Barnes. Um, and then and then there's a, there's a brief moment where we see somebody playing the piano, and I'm like 45 percent sure that it's the kid that plays Dudley from Harry Potter. Did you I did that? not. I, I didn't catch that at all. That also, it's a couple scenes ago. Whatever. Uh, yeah, so we get another montage. Yeah, we do. And this one's not as good, but it's still good. But Steve and the boys are kicking it. some butt. I, and In the montage, you want me to go continuity? In the montage, Steve is carrying a gun. I don't think this is the only time we see Steve carrying a gun, but what what are your thoughts on Marvel choosing to represent Steve with a he's gun? He's a soldier at this point. Like I get that he's a soldier, but he's a soldier that carries a shield. Yeah, but like I don't think he's figured out the shield yet. I think nah. he has. Like, he's holding the shield in one hand and the gun in the other hand. And he he even says early in the movie, I don't want to kill people. And then he's like, what is he, firing trank bullets? No. I don't like like Steve with a gun. I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think that that's probably not great. But... We also that see look. Steve with a picture of Peggy in a compass. I know. That was cute. I know that was cute. Where did he get that picture? I don't, I don't know. It's kind of weird, picture. though. And then we get a, a shot of Sebastian Stan. Like, everybody's got their little thing, right? Like, yep. Dum Dum Dugan's, like, got his little shotgun thing. Sebastian Stan gets to be a sniper. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, he does. He Like, there's a scene where he, like, snipes somebody from I didn't really catch that. Captain America. I didn't really catch that at all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're liberating all these these Hydra bases. One by one, just knocking them over. Yeah, I mean, like, really no trouble at all getting through. These Red Scroll is really just kind of like, but whatever. They, they want to go after Zola. Like, they need Zola. I so do. Zola they, is on this train. And we get a train. So they think? or so he They know is. he is. They they heard it over the radio. Gotcha. So they, 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 find, they have the train thing. Big train, big train fight. And I was kind of bored during this scene, to tell you the truth. Well, just, it, was non, it was an unimpressive hallway fight. It was an unimpressive hallway fight, but it also just didn't seem believable that if they ziplined onto it, any of them would be able to run on top of it. That train was train hauling, like windy, too. Right, like, except for Captain America. I don't feel like any of them should have had right, any that, sort of That train was hauling it was going way too fast for those rails that train operator was not being safe well i mean this was you know i mean all, all i'm saying is that train would have come straight over the side of that mountain yeah you think so i don't I know, know a, a thing lot or about two. trains no thing, or two. With you. thing or two yeah One i mean two. there's a train on my license plate big train fight nothing really important happens except bucky dies bucky well bucky he, falls. yeah he falls off a train r.i.p goodbye bucky and then uh, chris evans not known for his uh, wide range of sad emotions in acting yeah, uh, he wasn't too busted too, up about it. You know, I mean, he was busted up about it. You can tell they wrote it in such a way that he was busted up about it. But like, they let uh, other people handle his grief. Like of, they let other people interrogate Zola. And yeah, they don't even bring him in. And and then when they have the scene where he's like mourning him or whatever, instead of having him, you know, talk about oh, Bucky was this great guy and yada yada yada, they make him like make a joke about how he can't get drunk, uh, which was funny. It and was. I did laugh. I it thought was. it was. I thought it was. I mean, like I in the moment, I was like, ha ha ha. But now in retrospect, I'm kind of like, we could have had a more powerful scene here, especially if you know the rest of the MCU is going to be built on their relationship and Winter Soldier as a villain or hero or right. You know what I'm saying? Like if it's going to be be that right. important in 
in movies to come. Exactly. I agree with you. But in between this, we get a quick little um, overview of Hydra's plan to take over the world and how they're going to bomb every major city, I guess. They don't even want to take over the world. They want to just kill everybody. I mean, that'll make them masters of the world. That will make them masters of the world, but then they have to, like, yeah, I guess they're, like, they're going to start yeah. anew in the in the but, Hydra, the, 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 the greatest Phoenix metaphor of all. But Wait, we get a bunch of dudes just doing the Hydra <laughs> salute, and the Hydra salute is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a real I don't cheap, like, like it. It's like, what's... What's what's worse than Nazis? How about double Nazis? Turbo Nazis. Um, yeah, like turbo turbo mecha right. psychic Nazis. Uh, yeah, and then they're like, oh, we can't break into this Hydra base. And Steve's like, we're going to knock on the front door. Steve's like, I am going to yeah, get captured on purpose. I think, I mean, that's that's cool and all they do to him get captured on purpose thing. But, like, it's not like this plan hasn't worked for literally every other Hydra base. No, I mean. But why was it so much like, oh, we can't just knock on the front door. It's like, what, 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 what? Because it's, five, it's 500 every, feet. Literally all 500 the other feet ones. under the ground in the Swiss Alps. So? The others appear to just be, like, in the middle of, like, the woods. Yeah. The forest. Anyway, so Steve gets taken prisoner and we get another hallway fight scene. Love the hallway fight scene. This one reminds me of our high school, which was shaped yeah, like Yeah, this octagon. one was good. Uh, where uh, you know, like people are coming around corners, and it's like it's like a big oh, and, and and Tommy Lee Jones um, has a great line in this one, where where he he um it? the the Hydra guy he shoots the Hydra or the Hydra guy sitting there going, you know, he says the thing about the you cut off one head and two more shell, and Tommy Lee Jones shoots him and goes, let's go find two more. Oh, it's uh, great. Good. I do like that. Great. Um, so I, I, there's a scene where uh, Red Skull is talking to Captain America right here, where I feel like he's telling Captain America like, you know, you're arrogant, you 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 all these things. And I think he either misses the point of Captain America or like he doesn't quite understand it. But what it seems like is instead of talking to Cap, he's actually talking to like. Right. He thinks Cap is the same as him and it's just not true. Right. Well, I don't even know that he thinks the Caps are the same as him, or if he just thinks that, like... The only way this person could be like, this you know, powerful the, the ideals is, to say, that... is to have the same ideals that he has. He has no ability right. to see anything right. other than himself. And and he's got this fatal flaw where if somebody thinks the way he does, that person would go out of right. their way to destroy them. It's almost like, a, like right. a Sith thing, you know, where, like, two people can't possibly hold the ideals of right. the Sith because, like, the ideals include there being only one exactly. person that holds exactly. these ideals, you know? that's I thought that was interesting. I would agree with that. That's all. Um, so the, I thought he, I thought I thought Red Skull's dialogue was very well written and yeah he uh, says the thing about the the well. you possess the power of the gods but you fight a battle of nations and I was like that's that's powerful saying like Steve's not living up to his full potential by fighting for someone else wow yeah I didn't think about it yeah like he's that. fighting for the U.S. government uh, he's fighting for the country instead of like himself instead of trying to be because to Steve that's the ultimate goal is to just like achieve world peace and fit in whereas the Red Skull wants to rule everything Steve doesn't want to rule anything right Steve just Steve just wants to to make sure that there's right exactly less and in the this guy's the ultimate bully and that's the ultimate bully mentality is to think that like everybody needs to be like me everybody needs to have power like Steve doesn't want to have power Steve has Correct. nothing he wants Correct. nothing to do with power so, th- so they're doing this fight and uh, then you know they've got this little confrontation Steve's guys come in through the window and we, then we get to the Todd Lee Jones thing we were just talking about um, but Steve guys come through the window and I notice this they've taken over like every hydra base except for this one and they could be using hydra weapons but they're like, not they're taking tanks yeah they're taking guns they i noticed that as well previously and they're not i using noticed them. that as well um i think that that yeah. was intentional yeah i Do you think agree? that that's the same thing they were talking about is it's not who has the bigger weapon it's who has the best men right and at the end of the day you know like a gun will still do what a gun needs to do just Red Skull's guns will right. disintegrate people, right. and these will just, you know, exactly. just stop them. Exactly. Entirely. Uh, but yeah, they get on the, the plane that's meant to take off the whole world, basically. The, the plane's going to destroy the whole world. And even then he says, like, yeah. if they and, if and they destroy one plane, we'll come back with 100 planes. And I'm just like, okay, you, where are you getting this from? Wait, wait, wait where are you getting yeah. all these resources from? Um, but they have you, their... You, Hitler, like... They have their kiss the scene. 
in the car. It has to happen at some point. Yeah. I love the kiss Yeah, because they finish, and Phillip's just like, well, I'm not going to kiss you. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones is like, no, yeah, I'm not. Yep, so not get on the plane, that. buddy. Come on now. Good luck out there, kid. <laughs> and uh, again, <laughs> so he jumps on the plane. I've always thought this. I've seen a lot of movies where this happens, where you can just get to the rest of the plane from... The spot where the feel- wheels roll up, or yeah, up. and he, he and, straight uh, up like Woody that thing and hopped on there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that that's how that works, but I also yeah. Well, this is also the forties, so. so things are probably more open and less would squeeze you to death. I, I don't know. It worked. It got him on there. We had to get that scene where that dude got shredded by the propeller. Yo, there was like a yeah. lot of blood in that scene. I was what were your thoughts out, on that? out of the normal for this movie. Yeah, it was yeah. Like super All jewelry. of a sudden, they, they, they're on that plane, they're like hopping out, and he throws the dude through the propeller. I'm like, oh. And you can even see he's kind of just like, oh, oh God. Oh, oh and all the bombs have the name of the cities on uh, him. I'm like, that's so super villain. Yeah, you, you just wouldn't do that. Do you, that. Just, you wouldn't yeah. waste time on that. Right. Like, you wouldn't hire a graphic designer to get that graphic for you. You just, right. that's all you would do. Um, so you have your the, assignment. The Pick a point. Like, right. <laughs> They'll, they'll actually fly themselves. Yeah. They have autopilot. Um, in fact, I don't even know why we're putting people in these things. Right, but <laughs> we get one last fight scene. So the plane's flying so then, itself, and they're having this yeah. fight. Oh, I, I love the uh, the going to yeah. zero gravity. I think that that yeah. was a really cool like like these two characters are idealists, and that's what makes them who they are. And in zero gravity, their yeah, muscles they're still don't beaten matter. by gravity. And Red Skull's motive seems a little far fetched, but he's supposed to be like super mecha Hitler, and Hitler's motive seemed fetched, f- yeah, far fetched. Yeah. just in general so i think you know i'll accept the uh the crappy motive and then we get a and just like his crappy motive we get a crappy ending to a villain he's just like you consumed the by the allspark the tesseract he's consumed oh, the by the tesseract i keep saying allspark well i he, a little bit of theory here i don't know that he is consumed by it because it it shoots like everybody else that's been killed by these like disintegrate power weapons they just disintegrate into thin air and then this one it like shoots into the sky so i think that there's a chance that and, and it's very unlikely and i don't think that that it's going to happen because I think for the most part this movie is forgotten by current movie watchers. Then uh, it would be like they, a, they a set him up to come back. Stretch. But I think that there's a chance right, that he's like part of the Jatari or whatever Jatari Jatari uh, or or that he's you know up there with uh, you know maybe he makes like an appearance with Guardians Three. Uh, anyway, the Tesseract falls through the plane into the freaking Arctic Ocean. They're like not over the Arctic. They're like over like it's still pretty cold up there, wherever they are. No, because they, like, they the, the plane crashes very them. shortly after that. Yeah, they show maps of where he is. The plane is set to bomb New York, and there's nothing he can do about it. And so he finally becomes the hero. Right. It's it's all about right. him. He gets to make this self sacrifice. This sort He's of finally like, heroic sacrifice himself for the sins of america and, and i actually like this whatever. scene because we don't see the plane crash because we, we hear the radio static while he's going down and and he's, he's talking to peggy on the thing and and uh god this scene yeah. gives me to tear up a little bit i thought that they had oh, some yeah. chemistry on screen um uh, you know definitely not like robert Downey jr with a paltrow but yeah, very, close. very good chemistry and and the plane's going down and you know like what what can you do but right, kind of be right. tearing up? Here. And so we get some scenes of the the end aftermath of the war, and you know the boys are drinking to him, minus Bucky, obviously because Bucky's dead. The next movie is called well, the, the next Winter movie Soldier. is called the Avengers. So, well, the next yes, Captain they made Ray. it very clear the next movie is called the Avengers. And we'll get to that. Yeah, in a, I'm not. I'm not thrilled about that. We'll get to that in a minute. I got basically they're you know they're they're sad. Peggy's sad. Similar scene to like Jane with Thor when she's just like, oh man, he's. He's still out there. I know it. Like she knows it in her heart. I think. I think she does. Uh, the Jane and Thor thing, though. Like Thor comes back within months. 
or maybe yeah. a couple of years. I, I, yeah, but uh, it's the same kind of thing as like uh, Steve comes it's back. It's a similar in 70 like, years. thing where where they're they're like kind of looking right. off in the distance, all sad about their guy. Anyway, we get to the future. Steve's awake. It's old looking room. Game. Dodgers game, playing old baseball game. He immediately knows what's up. No, something's up. He's like, this is this is weird. The girl comes in. He's just like, whoa, who like, are you? Why are you here? And you can even tell they kind yeah. of did some costuming with her, where like like. Uh, the actual people from the 40s had like her her costume in that scene looked like retro chic where their costumes throughout the rest of the movie was just right like retro. right exactly you know what i'm saying and i don't think it was supposed to be super super convincing i think it was supposed to be gentle right but he he knows what's up he's like i've heard this game before i was there ebbets field 1941 i'm like that was a really good memory buddy that you could tell this just from the well, score he also yeah, yeah just from that one run uh, but he also talk, like that goes back to he's captain america and, and they build on his his exceptional mind and everything right. about him is amplified because he's not just big and dumb he's big and smart but so he busts out of the uh, room into the hallway and into the city streets and nick fury's just like at ease soldier and bunch bunch of of everywhere. everywhere and he's all like what am i doing here and he, they're like steve you've been asleep for like 70 years and he goes i'm late for a date oh yeah get me tearing up man i'll tell for you sure. what i was for sure Mm. That was a great ending. And then roll credits. And at the end, it's just like, Captain America will return in the Avengers. And then we get the worst post credit scene. the worst. Where it's like, Steve's oh punched the bag. God. And he's like, bam, 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 bam. Wabby, 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 oh, wabby. Bam. And the bag falls off the wall and everything. Well, uh, no, hold on. I love this post credit scene where it's talking about his PTSD. And, you know, he, he can't cope with the fact that he's living in a new place. And he's just punching these bags off the walls. And this comes back in the right. Avengers, I'm pretty sure. What I hated was the promo for the Avengers that came on right. after That's what I'm saying. This. Yeah, I was getting there. Yeah, and, and then... Because okay. you said it was it a is. bad post credit. It's the same scene. It's part of the same thing. Because Nick Fury is like, oh, you're, you think you're the only superhero? And then, bam! Freaking trailer for the Avengers. Oh, my God. The trailer. Trailer was so bad. It was all over the place. It looked like it was for, like, a mid-90s movie. Like, not another yeah. teen-90s movie. It was so, so bad. Much. I, uh, so I, I much, can't even, yeah. like... I'm just, I'm, I'm annoyed. I don't even want to talk about it. I got a little bit of theory here before we get into what we liked and what we didn't like. Um, okay, so hit me with it. I think Tony knew where Steve was the whole time. They could have, they could have found Steve way before they found Steve. Howard Stark recovers the Tesseract and then goes, mm-hmm. just go on one more quadrant. Howard Stark's not going to give up on that. He's going to go one more after that. He knows, he knows where Steve is. He know why? Well, I guess he knows Steve. No, is. I don't think he knows where Steve is. I think he knows where Steve is. I do, I do. I think he knows where Steve hmm. is because. Tony has that line in The Incredible Hulk where he goes, the super soldier program was put on ice for a reason. Hmm. I think I think so Tony think knew, I think Howard passed it down to Tony, and Tony, I guess when they brought him in with S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever, they decided, because clearly he was working with S.H.I.E.L.D. with that scene with um, Thunderbolt. I think that they decided at that moment when they were going to bring back Steve. I think Tony has known about it. So you think they, they don't resurrect until they him need until him, they yeah. need to? Which I can, and that could, def- and that like, could definitely play into your weapon. Tony Stark as a villain thing. Keep it in your back pocket here. Uh, I think that Tony knew more about what was going on than he let on. I think I'll that there's that. That, that, that Super Soldier program put on ice was not a coincidence. I think that Howard Stark finding the Tesseract that way and then continuing to go on was not a coincidence. Right. Right, and he finds the Tesseract, and, and, like, I think it's important that we know that he found it. Right, well, I mean, obviously know? we have to know that he found it for the previous movie and the next movie. Well, the previous movie in Thor, there's only, like, a brief moment with the Tesseract, and it could have been found. But they have, Fury, they have it. They have it. a like, week earlier. Obviously, we know they have it. Right. S.H.I.E.L.D. has had the Tesseract since the 40s. Right. Right. S.H.I.E.L.D. been doing their thing. But they haven't so really been studying what it What did you much. like or dislike about this movie? I liked a lot about it. I actually, um, I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to sort of our ratings later on. I think that critically, it matches up with what critics think. It's it's good. It's not the best, 
but I think my personal audience score puts this at the top of the MCU. I like I have the most fun I'd agree watching with that. this. Um, I, so far, anyway. Uh, like I, I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed it. I'd agree with that. Barely, but I would agree with that. I mean, and, and it's a tough call. I mean, it's almost like a like right. a dumb dichotomy. Like they're well, they're both here, so here's good. my thought is I actually think the critic rating is too high on it. I really do. I think the eighty percent from from Rotten Tomatoes is a little bit high. There's not really much to the story here. Like it is absolute good with no gray area triumphs over absolute evil with no gray area. And they they triumph it triumphs over evil just by being generally hard headed and just kind of toughing it out. Yeah, but I mean it's like it's like uh you know, the little guy trumps the the big And it and and I get that, but it's just to me it's just super basic. But that's that's what you can do with what we're doing with propaganda and and like 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 the whole thing about Captain America is that he's propaganda. So this is building. Yeah, and I mean, on when you look at it like that, but I'm just talking like, in in terms of outside of the 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 MCU, just like as a movie, just this story. If you put it into any other context, it's just gonna be it's gonna flop. I, I think, don't think I don't I think, think in so. any way it would have flopped because a lot of people leading into this movie didn't. Know no, that's what I'm saying. If you just America made it just like, a basic movie like outside of the this movie, largely I think was successful because of of Iron Man. I'm surprised the critics rated it as highly as they did with it being just. Like I said, just a, a kind of story about two people who don't really change. One's all the way to the left, one's all the way to the right. Um, that's all I'm saying. I, I agree with you there, but I think that the reason it gets such high marks is because it, it's kind of like uh, in other works of art where it doesn't need to be this like ultra complicated thing with all these intricate details. It can be two static characters telling I a story know, but of I'm, American propaganda I'm through bad World at War II. I'm bad at liking those movies and taking them seriously. I am. Where where you just put black versus white and and i mean you know you hang it in the museum because in the i mean in the movies i generally go for those are it's never that simple you know i mean basically this movie it's it's like the the painting i'm talking about half the canvas is black half the canvas is white and the caption says the folly of man i mean that's you know that's that's this movie and i think it does a really good job and i think that like it even makes like a historical statement about like in in world war ii it was just this this is propaganda this is like america is that good Germany is that evil. Right. Uh, you know, right. th- there doesn't need to be a no, gray area that. about it. it. I get where you're coming from. I smell what you're cooking. And even like they couldn't even make it like you know he fights Hitler, and you know there's there's no gray area about Hitler, and I think everybody's agreed on that. But they make it like he fights double Hitler. He doesn't raise one arm. Super he Hitler. Two arm. <laughs> Super Hitler. You know he he fights. He, yeah, oh my gosh. He wears a blue suit and this guy has right, a red exactly. skull. Uh, yeah, you couldn't get a more clear picture of what evil's supposed to look like than the red skull. Right. right. Speaking of the red skull, let's let's do uh, villains. I like do you skull. like red skull? I do. I like red skull a lot. I think that um in later films, his little peon frog scientist man um, is more evil than he was in this movie. Uh and he he is a recurring villain, which I am like excited about. I I don't think we get enough no, recurring definitely not in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, except for Loki and uh, this so, guy and Winter Soldier. So where do we, where we got a power ranking? Where do we put him? Well, first of all, let's give him a rating between Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> and Tommy Batman. And Batman. As Two-Face. Michael Keaton and, Batman. No, it's not Michael Keaton Batman. That's Val uh, Kilmer Batman. Just joke. Try again. Yeah. That's Val Kil- that was, that was yes. the one Val Kilmer. There are two Michael I, Keaton, I one Val Kilmer, one George One Val Kilmer. Three Christian Bale. Three Christian So Bale. far, one Ben Affleck. Um, two, one Ben Affleck. He, he just isn't Batman ever Superman. Right. There's not, not a yet. standalone. There will be. Uh, no, they're like making it. Like yeah. um, 
I like him. I think, uh, you know, on the on the Tommy Lee Jones to to uh, that is a one out of ten scale. scale. You can you um, can use one out of ten. I'm just saying. I, I don't know because um, if you don't, then you're like, he's a one out of ten. You said in the, in the Incredible Hulk episode, I think that Abomination ranked an Abomination. <laughs> I think he is better than better than Tommy yeah. Lee Jones. Obviously, uh, not as good as Heath Ledger's Joker. I mean, we're looking like six, seven, or like four, five, or like. I think I'm in the the northern end, the seven to eight range, uh, because because he gets to be like because they give him the backstory of you know when you take this serum, you get right. to be just an advanced right. version of all the things you've already been feeling. Because of that, and they give him that static backstory. I think that he gets to just be evil for the sake of being evil. Like right. And, and I am, I naturally uh, don't like evil for evil's sake. And so that I have trouble with it. So I'm like, I'm giving him like seven just because there is a slight lack of motive. I, I think that, yeah, his end yeah. game doesn't make much sense to me. He wants to rule the world just to uh, what, make it a terrible place. That's he's, he's just like right. a, a like super villain, just general, like cartoon type super villain where he's like, I want to rule the world. What do you want to do with it? I don't know. But I think I think like a uh, like seven point okay. six. Seven point six. Yeah, I, I like front number in my mind was actually an eight point two, but to go over an eight, I think you got to be strong to get over an eight. Is generous. So give me yeah, give me strong, give me power ranking. But, uh, <laughs> Last week we said what it was Loki was number one, I believe, and then Whiplash, and then one. I want to say Obadiah State. Whatever it is, this guy and comes then after Abomination. I think was the bottom just because of the movie. So I would say yeah, I, I would put him right after Loki. Put him a solid number two. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that goes without say. Uh, just I right, mean he's just exactly better. and like whiplash is only number two right now well, whiplash is no longer number two i would say right he only gets to be yeah no that, he's gonna be echelon. replaced yeah because because there's not many to choose from uh breakfast food ranking uh i mean I this is like this, an all-star breakfast i was gonna say the, the waffle house one the like great american oh, breakfast or whatever the, it is it's got like the tomatoes on the side you know what i'm talking <laughs> about the thing on waffle house that comes with like everything waffle house offers that one uh, it's a Denny's Grand Perfect. Slam. I'm gonna Denny's go with the Grand Denny's Slam. Grand Slam, just because uh, I don't even know what's in a Denny's Grand Slam, but it feels like Captain America. I mean, the way I see it is, you know, Grand Slam baseball term, Captain America, America's pastime. It's easy to right. watch. It's enjoyable. Uh, you know, it's very static. You don't have to worry about right. like good versus evil. Somebody's gonna win. Like, someone's you know, gonna lose. Am I really yeah. cheering for the right guy? Uh, yeah, and and I and I jive with that. I think you know the Great American Breakfast or or whatever you call it, uh, you know, the Star Spangled Platter or whatever. Uh, you know, like I'm talking about like a plate of pancakes with like red sauce and blue sauce, like yeah. strawberries and blueberries on top and like sugar. And stuff. Yeah, I think, you know, it ranks well. It's delicious. It's easy. It's it's Doesn't there. I have like red, um, white and blue French toast. Isn't that a thing? I don't think so. But yeah, I mean, if you if you try to give this something sophisticated, like a shrimp and grits or like I explained uh, the shrimp and grits already. We've used the shrimp and grits. You have a different definition for it. But like, I mean, I'm not reusing can, that. But I'm talking about complicated dishes that you can put a lot of thought into, like like a shrimp and grits. There's, there's no there's no eggs Benedict. There's no, you know, it's it is. Just as, I think Denny's, what is Denny's I think he's like the Denny's Grand Slam, actually, <laughs> is what it's called. There's a. a Grand Slam, which so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sticking with Denny's Grand Slam. That's that looks good to me. Denny's Grand Slam feels about right. So where do we put this in the power rankings? You, you're gonna say number one. I I want to say number one. Um, it's tough to say that because um so so I think it's it's tough for me to say this because I think Iron Man is a very very good movie like exceptionally good and it's tough to like watch any of these and then go back and watch iron man again and be like mm, that's the best one but i actually i want to go ahead and dethrone it this is this your number one this is my favorite one? so far okay it's my number one and then and then iron man and then thor uh, iron thor. man 2 oh yeah thor so and the incredible Hulk, 2, which will stay solid last i would imagine the entire time 
So we've done our, done our power rankings. We've done... All right. Thanks for listening to Tyler and I here on Bacon and Eggs as we talked about Captain America, the first Avenger, which we just listed our number one on our power rankings. And that's something. Undid Iron Man. Uh, we, we hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we enjoyed that movie. It, you can find us both on Twitter to reach out to us. At, um, I'm at America Carlin on I'm Twitter at wow and now, Instagram. But the zeros or the O's are zeros. W0WN0W. I'm really regretting that Twitter handle now. Let me tell you that much. Oh, I love it. I'm I love stuck it. with it now. I, except for it's wow not. now. It's, it's hard the to superior say. explanation. Um, exclamation. It's the superior exclamation. exclamation. Anyway, that's that's... That's Sounds my like you're Instagram and my Twitter, so you can hit me at that. You can also tweet us directly at Bacon and Eggs Twenty Three. We don't have an Instagram yet. We will. No, we might. So this is our know. first. About it. This is our first uh. episode we've recorded since release, and let me tell you, it's been amazing. This is the, already the the amount of people that have reached out to us and hit us up and been like, "Hey, we love what you're doing. You should review my favorite movie." Is great. It's just incredible to the point where I can't even keep track of them because a lot of people hit me up in real life and said this. So I'm going to go ahead and say, if you have any suggestions for what we should do in the future, we're on this Marvel thing for a little while, but we'll, we'll get off of it eventually. And if you have any suggestions for what we should do in the future, hit us up at baconandeggsmedia at gmail.com so that I have a track record for what you want us to review. Yeah, and it's been just an unbelievable amount of support we've re- received from friends, family, and and new listeners. And we're, we're so excited and we're really loving that you are enjoying this and we hope it is something that we can continue to do. Um so whatever you're listening on, whether it's iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or Downcast or Overcast, or we're on a bunch of different directories and I cannot keep up with them all. But anyway, if you're listening on all those, just throw us a review, throw us a rating. It really means a lot to us and make sure to download it. Also a huge thanks. Our logo is designed by Vaishan Brandon. If you need his information and would like to uh, inquire for his services, just shoot us an email. We'll be happy to get that for you. And as you guys heard earlier in this podcast, this episode of Bacon and Eggs has been brought to you by Audible, courtesy of audibletrial.com slash eggs you can go there and get a free month of audible that's audibletrial.com slash eggs e-g-g-s uh like the breakfast food uh now for next week uh i'd recommend that you watch the next episode of game of thrones but if you don't have time to do that uh maybe take somebody out for dinner and a movie and go see the avengers if you can find a movie theater that's still showing the avengers let me know where that is because i would love to come see it with you you know if you need a cute date idea we used to do something in my house called eight dollar movie night where we would buy a three dollar bottle of wine and a five dollar movie and uh we'll watch it on our home theater that's a great idea i've actually never thought of that thanks everybody for tuning in and listening to us talk about captain america for a very long time um we hope you enjoy this episode and every episode we've got we've got four out at this point and guys it's just been incredible thank you so much join us next time on bacon and eggs we talk about the avengers arrivederci aol instant messenger